when you're prompting the AI, you tell it, do not change the language patterns. Do not change the grade level of speaking. Write in a speaking voice. Use direct quotes. Do not alter the direct quote. You kind of have to bully it sometimes because it wants to do whatever it wants with it. This is Digital Marketing. Hey everyone, this is Mark DeGrasse, the president of Digital Marketer, and this is the podcast that keeps you up to date on everything you need to know when it comes to digital marketing, from the platform you should be focused on, to the tactics and tools that are working today. Today we have Digital Marketer faculty member Ben Albert, uh, also the owner and founder of Real Business Connections, and we're talking about how AI is going to make you the worst marketer ever, or at least a less good marketer if you just use it wrong. So, welcome Ben. We will, we will see, Mark. We will see. I, I do know a lot of the, of, of course, faculty members, certified partners, listen to this, listeners of this podcast, they're generally good marketers, but especially if you don't have much of a marketing education yet and you're still a little green and learning, I think AI could be the crutch that just ruins your career. Well, you know, it's, it's kind of funny because if you walked into a math class and all you did was punch in the, the you know, formulas into a calculator and put the answers down on a paper, it's not going to make you better at math. But you might think you're good if that's what you were told to do, which is why we had to go through the pain of learning the formulas and the theory behind it and all that kind of stuff. That's what makes you better at math, not the calculator. So I do think that that, that is a complete risk. Because a lot of times, even for me, like I teach people, hey, use this prompt. I'll tell you how to do a thing that would take a, a professional eight hours to do. But that doesn't mean anything, right? If you don't know what it means. Absolutely. So how are you seeing that kind of, uh, you know, up here in the marketplace right now? Yeah, I mean, let, let's look at like what foundational, this is so cliche, but it's foundational. People in marketing, we talk about know, like, and trust. They want to know you, they want to like you, and they want to trust you. And if you're outsourcing your entire personality to a robot, does your audience member know, like, and trust you? When you're jumping on that investor call, when you're in just it, when you're when you're meeting with your clients, is the AI content you're putting out speaking in the same language you speak in? Or are we, we talking about two separate people? Marketing and sales have this problem all the time that sales is promising X and marketing is delivering Y. So unless we're training the AI properly, unless we have the skill set, knowledge, and really the training as a marketer to know what's good and what's bad, I, I use ChatGPT all day long. But it's because I have the skill that I can train it and look at it and rewrite it. I see a lot of people, I spend a lot of time on LinkedIn. We can talk social selling if you want. But here's another thing, social selling, having those conversations takes a lot of practice, human behavior. It takes a little bit of science and neuroscience to understand how to have a conversation with somebody. So you can make a post, but then when you receive a DM, what's the conversation look like? I think there's a lot of essential human behavior principles that are underlying in all good marketing that might get completely neglected. And before you know it, you have bored, bland, vanilla messaging that doesn't actually tell a story and I'm the first one to admit, I can write an acronym in about five seconds. So you got a lot of acronyms, but once you get through that acronym, there's no depth to the conversation. 
And that's one of my biggest, my, my, my concerns. I'm on a soapbox though, Mark. Oh, no, no. Well, hey, that's what uh, the podcast is for. So, uh, you know, I, I think you're right, though. It's, it's a development perspective that's that you're preventing. If you're just saying like, hey, here's the tool. Here's the awesome thing. You know, what's funny is I, I actually realized this one time when I was looking at, uh, you know, younger people and how they they kind of uh, use applications. Because back when we were younger, you know, applications didn't exist. You didn't have a phone. You didn't have a mobile phone. Like that wasn't a thing. And online was barely getting started. So that wasn't really a thing either. So we literally had to figure everything out ourselves. And what I realized was that the the kids, if you say like, because I thought every kid, everybody, you know, 20 uh, something would just be a whiz at making applications and figuring out how to, you know, make interfaces and things like that. But problem is that everybody's been spoon fed apps now and it's like no all the apps are really intuitive and really easy and there's no figuring out anything it just kind of happens and so that doesn't make good app developers that just makes people who can use other people's product and this is kind of a another instance of that now with that said um, i know you said that and the relationship side too i mean the relationship that process. And, and I was actually just on a podcast where they said, like, what's the number one skill, that, you know, you think is necessary to be a successful marketer? And I, I said relationships. <laughs> I said, if you could have know how to figure out relationships, you'll have better business partners, you'll have better employees, you'll have better client relationships, and then everything will be easy just because you're good at managing people. But if you don't do that, and like you said, like the messaging you see on LinkedIn, where it's like, hey, blah, blah, blah. And you're like, oh, that's kind of neat. And then you realize that there's just an automated whatever. This person has no idea what you're talking about. And now now it's obvious. So how do we fix it? You need to learn the basics of marketing. I mean, you guys, obviously, digitalmarketer.com does a great, great job of that. But you have to understand the basics. You can't just skip the line and become a world-class marketer without doing any work. Um, and you do need to build the relationships, as we talked about. Give you the simplest example ever, and it's a new relationship, and I won't give you every little detail, but podcast client, and they were working with someone else, and there's numerous reasons why they left that <laughs> provider and started with me, but a huge one, and I've got nothing against this. They were using AI transcription. And then by using the AI, I don't know exactly what their process looks like, but I could tell it was AI transcribed. And then the show notes look like they possibly could have been written by AI as well. But the huge human error, the, the, an error a humor, human wouldn't make, a huge error is they were spelling names and business names wrong. Oh, wow. And, it, and it's classic, like classic communication advice that everyone's favorite word is their own name. So let's say you're a podcaster and you're putting value out to your audience and you're bringing guests on and you're building a relationship with your guest. And maybe your guest is going to become a client of yours one day or they'll become a referral partner and cheerleader. Maybe they'll endorse you, but you get their name wrong. You get their business name wrong. And there wasn't a human there to check the tiny minute error that means the world to the person who got their name spelled wrong on the episode. These tiny little errors, it seems kind of like simple and easy to fix. But when we lean into AI and when we see how incredible it is, it's so easy for us to just handicap ourselves and forget about relationships, human connection, attention to detail, 
And the things that actually matter when it comes to customer experience, personal branding, and being a referable marketer. Oh, that's such a good point. Well, it's, it's really about the details, right? It's like, hey, yeah, the, in general, it's okay. But the minute that you can identify the details that are wrong, the more it's like, oh, wow, I wasn't even important enough to like read this statement after I was on the show or after I had the meeting or whatever it is. Like That really changes the perspective of the relationship you thought you built. And it's all just because you were lazy and didn't edit. And and think about this, Mark. Let's say you're my client and I give you a pro. You understand AI better than I do. I'm humble enough to know that. And I give you a product that you know you could have done in 45 seconds just by dragging and dropping a file. You're wondering, why am I paying this guy thousands of dollars to do something that has no human touch? If the AI is running the product, if the AI is running your entire business, you really don't have a business. You might as well just let the AI run the business for you. Yeah. Well, and that's, I suspect that some people will try to, uh, some people are trying to do that already, right? You're like, yeah. oh, this is so bad. And it's so, you're right. It's just generic. And and really, I think the, um, and this is actually funny because we just did our agencies talk like an hour ago. And this was kind of the subject where it's like, yeah, AI could do a lot of things, but it can't do everything. And it can't be human for you. Like, it's just... It's just not. It, it won't understand it. And there's a lot of nuances that come with, you know, being a human, which is why the relationships are special. It's not just an exchange of information. It's a connection that was brought about by understanding each other. And so it can't do everything for you. And it's actually it's actually really good for marketers because for a while I was really worried that AI was just going to be like, hey, I could just be a single person marketing department. Like all you need is one good marketer and they can do literally everything for you. Now, I think if you're capable enough, that is still possible, but no, you you need the human touch. You need to go through the process and that's what makes the process good. Now, what, what do you think? Do you have any uh, ideas for, you know, kind of the balance? Like, okay, I know I need to understand marketing. I know I need to understand relationships, but I also know that if I can't utilize AI tools, I'm not going to keep up with the people who do use AI tools. So wh- where do you think there's a balance for that? I'll give you a super tactical, easy example that I do all the time and everyone should be doing, in my opinion. You get on a Zoom call like this, you click record. Let's say I'm a marketer talking to a client, but you can be just a friend to a friend. But someone's interviewing the other person, private interview, no one's ever going to hear it. You click record. Then you just ask all the questions. I I recommend you prepare the questions. Have a prepared list of questions. Person A, you know, the marketer asks person B, the client. And then you have a long transcript. You can use AI for the transcript. You have a long transcript of their words, their thoughts, their metaphors, their analogies, And then we'd have to kind of get in specific prompting. We can go there. But when you're prompting the AI, you tell it, do not change the language patterns. Do not change the grade level of speaking. Write in a speaking voice. Use direct quotes. Do not alter the direct quote. You kind of have to bully it sometimes because it wants to do whatever it wants with it. But then you can produce copy. One thing I love to do is I'll just send in the entire transcript and say, extract the top 20 quotes from this transcript. Then I've got 20 ideas. Then I take the quote and I say, 
expand on this quote. Here's the context it was used. Turn it into a social media post for this platform. And then before you know it, you're training it how to be a good copywriter. But everything I said, you wouldn't know how to do or you wouldn't even know to do it without a little understanding of copywriting. And then when it spits something back at you, if you didn't provide it a template, if you didn't proofread it, there's no guarantee it's going to spit back something good. Now that I have the skill set, now that the marketer is taking the courses that digital marketer have skill sets, they have the capacity to use it properly. I'm not worried about most people. I'm worried about someone who thinks that it's going to be like an end-all solution to their problems. Yeah, magic. yeah it's, it's just a magic pill that marketing is... I think sales and marketing are the best ways to make money. Sales, marketing, leadership, communication. You got sales, marketing, leadership, communication. You will have a prosperous life, especially if you take care of yourself and you're healthy. A lot of people think they can just outsource all that to the AI. Well, I you know, they used to think they could outsource it to other people. <laughs> it's like... <laughs> You sure. can, but unless you have that relationship component, you're not going to find the other people. You're going to find people, but they're not going to be the right people, and they're not going to necessarily mesh with you because you have no real understanding of yourself at that point either, which means you don't really have anything, and AI is not going to fix that ever. Hey, everyone. I wanted to quickly interrupt the podcast for a special announcement. If you're listening to this podcast because you want to become a better marketer, then I want to share with you what I believe to be the most comprehensive digital marketing program on the market today. It's called the Digital Marketing Mastery Certification. You'll learn to leverage the tools and channels to predictably and profitably drive awareness, leads, sales, and referrals. Everything you need to know to become a true master of digital marketing. We'll take an in-depth look at the core digital marketing competencies, including content, email, social media, community, digital advertising, data and optimization, and more. After earning your Digital Marketing Strategist Certificate, you'll have the tools to effectively reach your target audience through a full-scope marketing strategy. Get started today at digitalmarketing.com slash strategy cert. But like you said, I think the way that you're able to take that copy, that same transcription and turn it into something useful, just using a, a couple extra prompts, like that's the key, but you still have to make the formula. So one of the things I always tell people is like, you, we're not going to be necessarily the content producers of everything because I, I do think that eventually generative AI will be able to take whatever content you have and tailor it to the person, but you have to be the formulator. So even with your example, it's like you were the formulator that made that copy good and made AI make sense. And it wasn't that hard. So, but you wouldn't know that unless you've done. Maybe I'm just overly creative, but I like being the formulator. Like that's part of the fun of, that's part of the fun of being a marketer. Like if, if I'm all about technique, I'm all about following a, uh, a code, a method, a formula that works and certain my girlfriend's an example. She's the greatest accountant you can ever imagine. And she thinks I'm wordy. And she's right. She thinks I'm wordy because she just wants, boom, just tell me it how it is. I'm all fluttery and telling stories and imagery. <laughs> analogies. <laughs> but for me, the analogies is part of the fun of getting to be a marketer for a career. It's building a relationship. It's telling a story that creates an emotional reaction in someone. That's part of the fun. And, you know, we were, I was talking about sales and marketing and communication, and I threw in health because I forgot that, and we don't really talk about that. But building healthy relationships 
with your partners in business, with your colleagues, with your subordinates, with your clients, having that healthy relationship is going to lead to more business. And you can have all the strategy tactics. You can have the formulas. You can deliver results. But unless you can make Oreo cookies, Oreo cookies that have the same nutritional value as kale, if I can, if you can make your kale taste like Oreos with no negative benefits, you can be the biggest jerk on earth. I'm going to buy the heck out of those Oreos. But assuming you don't have that product, there's a lot of competition and there's a lot of people using the same tools. And it's your story, your relationship building, your customer experience, your client journey that's going to differentiate you, even if the person down the road has better products. They'll think and love you more as a marketer just because of the way you make them feel, just by the way you listen, show up. And again, I love AI. I'm just worried that we're not teaching some of the essentials, the human-to-human essentials that make good marketing. And in one word, it's referability. It's being someone that, it's a personal brand. It's being someone that people talk about positively and want to refer. Because if you don't have kale that tastes like Oreos, there's competition that might beat you. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, the thing is about competition and about like the best products, because, you know, if you look at like, you know, the brands that we all use all the time, like, are they the best cup of coffee? Are they the best hamburger? Are they the best, uh, you know, electric service? It's like, no, they're not. <laughs> None they're of them. The winner. They're the winner of marketing. And that's why we all use it. it has nothing to do with being good at all. And so I think what what uh, the big risk that you're talking about is really turning the creative aspects of marketing into a commodity where it's like, okay, well, it's just another thing. Like, it doesn't matter who delivers it. They're just going to type it into the same thing. I'm going to get the same thing out. So now it's a commodity and I could just go with the cheapest because it's all the same crap. And so I think that's that's really what's happened to marketing because of, uh, you know, PPC where, you know, past 15 years ago, you had to have a good marketing campaign. You had to have a good product. You had to have good customer service. And then PPC like wiped that all out and just said like, no, I'll just figure out advertising. And that's it. Like, that's all you need. Advertising, decent product. Yeah, it doesn't even need to be delivered very well, you know? And so I think what's happened is you've had, you know, planned obsolescence and these kind of unethical business practices have been not addressed. And it's just been continued into today where now we have crappy services, we have crappy products, we have crappy delivery, crappy customer service. And everybody's just kind of like, why does everything suck? <laughs> it's like, Mm-hmm. Because we've forgotten that the entire point is not just finding the thing you want. It's about finding the brand and trusting the authority of that company to provide it. And then you listen, you're listening to them. You're listening to the authority. You're not listening to what's the cheapest because it's all the same crap. But with all that said, it is hard to not fall into the trap of like, well, it's easy. I have a deadline. I don't have time to review so I'm just going to publish whatever. And I think um, Stephanie, one another faculty member, she was talking about, I think it was Sports Illustrated, published something that had lots of wrong facts in the article itself. And people called it out, said, this is wrong. Turns out that somebody just plugged it into AI and didn't copy and paste it. And I was like, and so the discussion was really like, well, should you be disclosing that it was you know, built by AI? 
And I said, no, you know, you can if you want. But at the end of the day, it's the editor and the publisher's responsibility to their customer base or to their audience base to make sure the information is right. And that could have been written by AI or it could be written by human. If it's wrong, it's wrong. And it's the, it's the publisher's fault. So what's your view on that? Is it the publisher's fault or should we all say, oh, this is, this is AI, this is ChatGPT? That's a great question. I'm I'm almost in the view that as long as the point gets across, I don't care. That being said, once you got people, the larger you scale, the more you're putting yourself out to scrutiny. So if you're a large publication and you're putting out bogus information, you're going to get called out. So I guess my opinion is, yeah, I mean, you need to, the bigger you get, the larger a target you're going to be. So if you don't have those essential principles of, again, if you're a journalist in this scenario, like a magazine, you don't have journalist practices and principles down to a T, you're going to get torn apart by people that are pay paying attention to those things. But my first reaction, Mark, was as long as I got my point across, I don't really care that much, but that only works to a point. <laughs> It does. Well, and I think, it, you know, it's really respecting your audience too, not being like, hey, stupid audience, like I said this and you're going to listen to it and that's the end of the story. And it's like, and maybe you have some audiences like that, just people who are like, well, it's wrong sometimes, whatever. Or you have people, and this is really just depends on the industry you're in, because if you try to do that in like an engineering space or an aviation space or- Not happening. Uh, not ha Medical devices, like, uh no, it'll work in the the casual industries, maybe, but not the technical industries. And you know, I I still haven't seen anything. I've talked to people in those industries, and they're like, "Yeah, just it, it can't produce the stuff we need it to, and with the accuracy we need to." Now, there are tools like Elicit.org uh, is one that I always talk about, and what that does is it only does research papers. So it's like you type in whatever you want, and they'll pull the research papers that are related to what you're trying to find. And at that point, I'm like, oh, well, it's good. At least it's reviewed content. Uh, but a lot of people are not motivated enough <laughs> yeah. to do that level of different AI. Motivation is the key word because I, I was talking to to um, James Aldicher about this. He was, he was one of the first people to help program the first AI that beat a chess grandmaster. So the AI beat the best chess person in the world and this was a bot in like the late 90s early 2000s like this was a while ago and he thought it was a brilliant opportunity because this bot is better than the greatest chess player in the world it didn't destroy chess it didn't just end chess and crush chess the people that were truly interested would watch the bot make a move and go i've never made that move in this scenario before why did it go that way and there's a level of curiosity and intrigue and love of the craft that you'd see the AI do something. So let's say you're a copywriter and the AI does something little unsuspecting. You could be like, huh, I wonder why it made that decision. What's beautiful about AI is you can actually ask it, why'd you make that decision? So if you have a skill set and a level of curiosity and a creativity that you want to be a better marketer, wow. It's just like, it makes my life so much more fun. But again, if you're just up, oh, the bot can beat me. I'm never playing chess again. Yeah, well, then we you're never playing chess again. Go play something else, I guess. But, you know, it's, it's, I'm on a tangent, but it's, oh, it, no, it can't, no. re 
it, it, it feeds my curiosity is really the point. Well, I was doing is presenting options that you never would have considered because we're all inside our own little boxes of perception. And uh, that's actually like that point is fantastic because I do it all the time where I'm like doing research for an article or something. And then I'm like, oh, my gosh, I didn't even think about that point. Like that's that's really good. And then then you go you change your entire perspective of what you thought you were going to write about. And now it's this over here. And now as long as you do the research, you can justify it. Uh, but that that's a great way to use it because otherwise, um, you know, just like AI, you'll get stuck into your default perception of everything that you present and it's always the same thing. And I think the good, well, I'm talking about myself here, but <laughs> because I, I was that during that agency stock, I was saying like, man, at the beginning of the year, I thought marketers were maybe not going to be necessary like within six months because of how good it was being back then. It's not as good now. Uh, but now I'm kind of like, no, no, even if it was as good as I thought it was going to be, it still won't be able to produce something that people can produce because we're a bunch of weirdos and we never think what anybody else is going to think. And so I don't see a machine figuring that out. So I think we're safe. I think so. And if not, guess what? Marketers are smart people. They understand psychology. They understand market analysis. They understand... Um, human connection, studying your audience, client feedback, incorporating client feedback. If AI replaces what we do in terms of our tasks for the day-to-day, as long as we're a good marketer that understands those things, we'll just find a new way to utilize those skill sets in whatever the environment provides us and requires of us. But if we don't have those skill sets, then we're completely out of a job. Yeah, I think you're right. (laughs) <laughs> I think we just need to, you know, keep your eye on the ball. I hope I'm right. <laughs> continue to develop and you'll be fine. Now, with all that said, let's say that you are a new marketer. You are using AI because it's easy and everybody's telling you to do so. What do you think is the best way for somebody to just build a basic level of understanding of marketing so that they don't get stuck in the trap of being 100% dependent on AI to, uh, you know, succeed? The most super basic is have conversations with people. Have conversations with your target client. That simple. And talk to someone who's never used AI before either because get some essential wisdom. What has worked time and time and time and time and time again, if you understand the essentials, you'll have the capacity to actually integrate the essentials into your usage of AI But really the essentials at the core is understanding your audience, understanding how they speak, understanding how, where they hang out, understanding when they want to be offered, understanding what uh, kind of benefits encourage them to leave like a referral. One thing that I think you can never replace is a testimonial. If you were to record a testimonial for me as AI Mark, it's like I could have just made that up. It's just a deep fake. But having a human being speak to another human being and say, Mark provided so much value in my life, you need to work with him. Having a human-to-human introduction, which in my opinion is the core of why we brand, to have humans talking about you to other humans. That's why Apple is so big. That's why literally like if, if you have an iPhone, if I, I have an Android, I have a Moto G, iPhone users tear me apart. I'm a lesser person for having an Android. 
it's because of branding and it's because of that social proof. It's because of building that brand where people talk great about you. You need to be able to do that. And that's human to human connection. That's over delivering on, um, you've got a list of things you're supposed to do. You over deliver on them. You over deliver on expectations. Those referrals, those testimonials you get, the things that people say about you when you're not looking, those are so darn important, but that's not possible if we don't give an experience by understanding who we're working with, delivering what they need in their language for them with a product that serves them. And then the AI makes our job so much easier. It makes it so easy, but we got to do that stuff too. Yes. <laughs> we got to do it. Well, and that's the thing. I mean, with AI too, I, I, I tell people, you know, just in terms of like the potential labor issues that are going to happen with AI is it's just going to take all the jobs that we didn't want to do in the first place. You know, like sure. I, I love writing articles, right? But I don't love necessarily having to justify my claims by doing 50 Google searches to find one metric of blah, blah, blah. I'm like, no, I don't have to do any of that. Or coming up with lists of of information, like, you know what? I just need a database of like everything possible in this space, and then I'll cherry pick the ones that I want to use. And now I have way more ideas than I would have in the meantime. So I think that kind of stuff, it's like, yeah, use it for that. Use it, you know, like engineers use CAD is my other typical example, where it's like, it didn't make them less engineery. <laughs> you know, it didn't make them less valuable. It made them way more valuable because they could do all these things. So I think a combination of, of what you say, where it's it's working on the relationships, working on understanding really the point of marketing, which is, like you said, human connection, and then augmenting AI in order to just do everything a little bit faster and not have to do a lot of the tedious junk that you didn't want to do anyways. That's a good way to use it. And don't be 100% dependent. So there you go. You don't have to be Androids or uh, Cyborgs, whatever you want cyborgs. to call Cyborgs. <laughs> I don't mind Android. <laughs> I like it. Yeah, that's right. That's what I said. <laughs> well, those, those are some fantastic points. I think, uh, you know, thanks to people like you, um, we're going to keep on teaching people. And uh, and it's just way easier. And, and even from that, the teaching perspective, teaching presentations is so much better for me now because I could say, hey, here's the theory behind it. Here's the justification for the theory. And then that was it. That was like, okay, you're going to have to go figure it out. Now I could be like, no, here's the theory, here's the justification, and here's a prompt where you could actually generate something today to get you on the road. And then you could, you know, hopefully use that and learn uh, what you're doing from there. But it's made, I think it's made the learning process a lot better. And I think if we use oh, it as yeah. a tool, we'll win. Oh, yeah. Can I give one tiny example? Yes. Go for it. Podcasts. Everyone used to put out audiograms back in the day. I have to unmute and turn my phone up just to hear it. Like I wanted to see an image. I want to be able to read the subtitles, like make it easy on the user. Nothing annoys me more nowadays than when I click on a video, there's no imagery. It's just a still image and an AI generated voice narrating a script written by AI. I've been seeing those on LinkedIn a lot. It's just an AI generated voice. And maybe we'll get to the day where that voice is so darn good and human that I'm interested, but right now, a lot of these things that we think are working are actually putting a poor, sore kind of taste in people's mouths. And I'm kind of like on both sides. I was like, Mark, let's talk about AI because I have some random opinions and I'm like in the middle. Like I love AI, but I understand good marketing, so I'm not totally sold. The people that aren't sold on AI do not like your AI content. 
They don't like your AI-generated voices. They sometimes don't like your AI images. It's hard for people to understand that, but if our audience is watching and not interested, then we're not serving them. And I think that's a big problem. No, and I, I think the solution is just get a little bit more involved. Like, just do something to be involved. Because, you know, sometimes I'm like, well, you know, doing something is better than nothing. But the the something, you know, should sometimes be much better. <laughs> you should do, put some effort in sometimes and you'll be good. And, <laughs> and honestly, like we were talking about, the research is so much easier that you could do that all the time and it's way less work. So I think it's it's probably a combination of people opening their minds that like things they didn't think they could do, they can now do without a ton of effort. And so you got you, you really have to adjust your thinking to be like, what's possible now versus my past perception of what's possible. Like, for example, I was like, you know what? You know, I used to have a magazine. That's actually why I'm in Austin because I sold it to a company here. And for the longest time, I was like, magazines are just too much work. Just, I just can't do it. It's just so much work and there's not enough money in it, blah, 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 blah. And then last weekend, I was like, I have an idea for a magazine. And then I just made it. It's like, here it is. Done. Yeah. So now that's possible. So open yourself that's amazing. up. Just don't get dependent. Is that the end Amen message right there? <laughs> 100%. Hundred percent. This has been this has been great, Ben. I, I always appreciate your insights. I think you you go you have a ton of introspection that you do before you make any kind of statement, which I really appreciate because it seems like you've really thought about it, and uh, that's something that everybody needs to learn too. So maybe they could talk to you about it. Uh, how do they find out more? Listen to your podcast. Yeah, and I'm super open minded to someone DMing me and challenging everything I said because I'm coming from a place of learning here and curiosity and understanding marketing principles. So maybe I'm just projecting against AI because it's going against the grain of what I learned. But I want to have a conversation, you know, hit like and subscribe on this, show Mark five stars, buy some courses. That's a good place to start. We said it, Real Business Connections. Just Google it, type it in wherever you found this. You'll find me and send me a DM telling me I'm wrong. Well. Thank you so much, Ben. Uh, I always appreciate how uh, forthright you are with your opinions and and suggestions uh, and open to, you know, criticism, which is actually probably the toughest part of relationships if you think about it. <laughs> like, I'm out here. I said this, you know, hit me up and tell, you, tell me if you think it's right. And uh, you're completely open to that. And I think if you are, you know, want to be a good marketer, you have to be like that because otherwise you'll just get stuck into default boring crap and nobody wants to hear that. So thank you, Ben. Thank you. All right. And thank you so much for listening. Be sure to hit that follow button so you get notified when all of our new episodes release. Please share this with that friend who's clueless about digital marketing. And don't forget to visit digitalmarketer.com where you can access all of our courses, certifications, and training programs. Thanks again, everyone. And we'll see you next time. This is Digital Marketer. Get ready for the two easiest ways for you to generate product photos for your e-commerce store. I'm Lauren Petrullo, founder and CEO of Mongoose Media and Digital Marketer Academy faculty member. I've managed over 50,000 SKUs for over 100 different e-commerce sites, and I cannot tell you the importance of quality product photos. Not only are they important for your website, but they're great to be repurposed in your email marketing campaigns, your paid ad initiatives, and your organic social media content. It's imperative that you have great photos because great photos sell your products and start conversations with your consumers. 
There are two great solutions when seeking out quality product photos for your e-commerce site. One, UGC. We know that native user-generated content wins all day on social. When you can get your customers to share back their use of your products in their voice, in their personal applications, you will see dividends when that is repurposed in your paid ads and organic social feeds. Secondly, don't have customers or UGC yet? Not a problem. There are cost-effective solutions in which you can outsource that photography. This and so much more is covered in my modules in our e-commerce cert with Digital Marketer.